Trey Lance, uh, how did he play Sunday? Croc and I had an opportunity to go back, watch a little All-22, some more input from around the NFL. We've got the latest injury report, a couple of players going on the COVID reserve list to start Week 18, and your mailbag questions coming up on this episode of Locked On 49ers right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at the Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Those Twitter handles are tagged in some of these questions that we'll hit in the final segment of today's program. A lot of folks fired up about Trey Lance and his performance Sunday. Uh, we'll get into the injury report a little bit. Uh, what to expect with some 49ers coming back if they are to make this playoff run. Uh, first, Croc, though, I, I want to go back to Trey Lance. It was a huge topic of our Rapid React show yesterday following the game, and uh, it's going to be a huge topic of conversation for the foreseeable future. I, I don't know if there's going to be an episode of Locked On 49ers where we don't mention Trey Lance from now until the year 2030. You know what I mean? So, uh, And hopefully we're, we're still doing this in 2030. <laughs> Happy 2022, everybody. Hope everyone had a, a fantastic New year, uh, I think the 49ers rang in the new year pretty well with that 23-7 win over the Texans Sunday. But some interesting takes about Trey Lance. I want to go, I, you know what? Let's let's start with let's start with Chris Sims because yeah, famously Chris Sims and you sent me this leak before we went on the air and I listened to what Chris Sims had to say about Trey Lance's start Sunday. And Chris Sims had famously ranked Trey Lance the number 6 quarterback prospect in the draft class he had him behind zach wilson one it was trevor lawrence two mac jones kellen mond uh justin fields five and trey lance was his sixth ranked quarterback and maybe trey lance has started to convince some folks who didn't like him as much coming out of college including chris sims did you think those comments were interesting with chris sims um and what he saw from trey lance sunday yeah, you know, I did because I think he saw what a lot of other people saw and it was growth. You know, it was just kind of doing the little things, the eye test. What does that tell you? And, you know, you didn't see the big misses, the slant that's wide open to him throw it 10 yards over somebody's head. You saw that, uh, you know, just more accuracy, more on point. Still some things, you know, we'll talk about it, you know, getting the ball out quicker, truly understanding what he sees. That might not be for another year or so, whenever that is, but as of right now, you just, you see the improvement. And one thing I heard from him uh, before, the, actually the, the clip that uh, you heard, he was talking about Zach Wilson. And there's a way that he judges rookies. And a lot of it is on the wow factor, which really essentially is telling you what is their ceiling in the NFL? Like just the the ability they have, because most rookies, they're going to be inconsistent. We've seen that throughout the entire season with rookies, but to see, you know, Trey Lance kind of get in his good graces. And a lot of people let him know about the Kellamon thing. If you looked in the comments of some of his tweets, they're like, hey, but you had Kellamon over this guy. <laughs> He'll probably take that back right now. But he definitely was, uh, you know, he was encouraged by what he saw and, and, and really went on to say that, you know, hey, it, it's a more explosive offense. It's less risky offense because it, the ability to throw outside the numbers, outside the hashes, as much as Trey Lance did. Yeah, the ceiling is higher in Kyle Shanahan's offense with Trey Lance in there when he reaches 
you know, uh, his ceiling and, and if he settles into the quarterback that everyone hopes he's going to be. And that's why you draft a guy that's that talented because of those things. But I thought one of the interesting points, and I've talked about this before with Kyle Shanahan's offense, um, and I was always unsure, is it just Kyle Shanahan's offense or is it because who's playing quarterback? And you can tell when Trey Lance is in there how different it looks with some um, bigger plays and how it opens up the field. And Kyle Shanahan's offense with Jimmy Garoppolo is so condensed in the middle of the field especially. And Jimmy Garoppolo has to make all of these uh, really dart throws, precision throws in between defenders to try to get guys to catch and run. And he's operating in such a small area and the defense knows the area he's operating in. And so they'll bring a robber safety who's a smart player knows that, okay, there's going to be a dig coming in the backside of this play. So I'm going to jump in front of it and I'm going right. to get underneath here. And Jimmy doesn't see him there and throws an interception. Um, and so it's, it's easier to defend because you don't have to defend as much grass and you know where the ball is going to go and there's just more bodies in there. So it's more dangerous to be throwing where all these bodies are. Something's tipped and then it goes into the air and can get picked off. So with Trey Lance in the game, it opens everything up because you have to have your safeties maybe a little bit deeper. You have to respect the deep ball. You have to maybe spy him with another linebacker that takes a player out of the middle of the field. So you can still call all the middle of the field plays and Trey Lance. It was a nice throw that he threw to Brandon. Ayuk on that slant. That was a very Jimmy like throw, getting it out in between defenders, letting him catch and run on a play over the middle of the field. But those things will open up even more because of the rest of the field that a defense has to cover. So uh, sky's the limit in Kyle Shanahan's offense because of how much more dangerous the high end of what can happen in this offense with Trey Lance. And we saw some of those big plays Sunday. Yeah. And, and we saw just some plays that maybe weren't big in yardage, but just big in a sense of getting a first down. And I, I sent you the other clip and I'm like, Hey man, I forgot about this play where he, it was a boot left. I like the way he, he handled uh, the football, you know, with the fakes and everything. And he's, and he's rolling left. And the defenders, he had like two defenders running at him, kind of like jumping in the air. They cut off his angle to get to the sideline. So he had to stop, reset, and then throw the ball. And he threw it to Trent Sherfield for about a 12, 13-yard gain on the sideline. And a lot of people were like, hey, if that was Jimmy. And this is not to talk about bad about Jimmy. It's just a sense of like how their skill sets and, and what they are. And Jimmy probably would have right now got the ball out to George Kittle. And maybe George Kittle would have caught it and ran for – 12 yards. Maybe he got tackled right there for about a three-yard game. But one thing that is clear is Trey Lance, is he definitely has a more aggressive mindset, and he's definitely looking to push the envelope, push the ball down the field 10-plus yards. Now, maybe there are times on film, I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan would say, hey, I like your aggressive mindset, but you know you don't have to always be so aggressive. But I would much rather have to tell somebody to calm down or settle down just a little bit with their aggressiveness, as opposed to trying to convince them to be more aggressive. Because if you don't have that aggressive mindset, it's just hard to make those type of plays. I, don't, I think he's only going to get better and mo the more comfortable he gets in the offense. This, this is really kind of just the beginning. Oh, absolutely. He's going to get so much better reading defenses, knowing more of the playbook, um, just the nuance of looking a player off here, there, and just the, the little things that a quarterback, and you would expect that there's so much more for a 21-year-old to learn in a, in a pro offense. So there's going to be a ton of growth for Trey Lance. And just to see him not look like a disaster, to see him start to improve even as the game goes on and look comfortable there, uh, I think is huge for the 49ers. So impressive by Trey Lance Sunday, even though it started out a little bit slow. But as you mentioned, going back and watching it again and watching some of the all 20 throws that we had forgotten about. And, and when you mentioned that throw, I was like, I don't even know what throw you're talking about. And yeah, that was um, shows his aggression 
shows his ability to hit a ball that not a lot of quarterbacks can throw for him to be able to reset athletically and still have the the drive to hit that ball to the sideline to while fading back field. he was kind of like right he was kind of like fading back and still was able to fire that in on the line that was showed some arm strength absolutely and also the way that a defense has to defend him if that's jimmy garoppolo there's probably not those defenders trying to trying to spy him cut off his uh angle to run out of the pocket and maybe there's more defenders in coverage so there's we're just talking about you know more moving pieces here and trey lance can really open up the field for the 49ers offense so that is just super exciting there was another throw where the 49ers were backed up near the end zone where he kind of uh rolled out a little bit or just got away from pressure extended the play and just fired a bullet into brandon Ayuk. that was a throw i forgot about that was a nice throw um that was a first down throw as well and again yep. uh, again just and you have to understand like okay when does he take something when they, does he not he had double slants to the back side of that and i know that was the initial read for whatever reason, he didn't feel comfortable pulling the trigger on that. And maybe because it was still kind of early in the game and he was still trying to settle down. But he didn't pull the trigger. But what he did, he kept the play alive, rolled out left, threw the ball into Ayuk for a first down. So still aggressive mindset, still getting you positive yardage, doing it a little different. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would be like, hey, that's fine, but please throw the ball within the context of how I call the plays. But it's still cool to see him be able to make plays even when he's there. Because at some point, he will be there when he does that consistently. Can he get by until he's there mentally? And right now, the answer looks like it's yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like uh, stepping up in the pocket instead of bailing out the back door so quickly. And maybe you can step up and find another window here that you don't find because you're bailing out too quickly uh, because you're not trusting what you're seeing. And we saw a lot of that earlier on in the game. So certainly a lot of coaching points for Kyle Shanahan. But um, all in all, you know, uh, an impressive effort, I think, from the rookie, even though early on there were some folks that were a little bit worried about how things looked and thought maybe he was. <laughs> it's just so funny how wound up fans will get because you see so little of a player like that. And he and this, the game starts out a little shaky and and there's some fans that are pulling their hair out like, oh, no, Shanahan can't coach. Um He's going to be a bust. What's going on? And then, you know, I have to call plays for a different story. It's like, what is Kyle? What are these plays that Kyle is calling? These plays are crap. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that whole There's relationship. That element of figuring each other out. And that's yeah. what's going on. We're talking about somebody in his second career start. He's literally had two weeks of running with the first team offense. Both times it was because Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. So, like, this isn't like there, there's that still that filling out process. You look at a lot of other rookies around the league, a lot of them have started throughout training camp, preseason. They've gotten a lot of those reps to where at least the coach knows how to call a plays for them. Kyle Shanahan is still trying to figure that out with, with Trey Lance. So I don't think it's a it's an element of you know bad play calling. I think it's play calling trying to figure out what how is how is Trey Lance going to respond to me calling this play and what's the best way to put him in an advantageous situation for who he is currently. And I liked how the game plan already evolved from the first Trey Lance start to the second Trey Lance start. And that showed a little bit more trust, I think, from Kyle Shanahan, especially in the second half of the game. Okay. Um, the funniest thing I heard all week, a tie-in here when it comes to Kellen Mond and rookie quarterbacks. I want to play a clip from Mike Zimmer um, just because it's funny. And, and that was a topic a topic that we brought up. Um, a clip from Kyle Shanahan in his post-game pre press conference about who's going to be the quarterback next week, Jimmy G, or 
Trey Lance. We're going to get to the mailbag as well. And the 49ers have a couple more players that hit the COVID reserve list Monday, but might also be getting back some other players from injured reserve. So all that coming up. But I want to let the folks out there know about Get Upside, an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside is an app that our listeners can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. I downloaded this app when I learned about it when GetUpside jumped on as a sponsor, and I couldn't believe I never knew about this app before because it's easy. You go get gas, and you get money back for the same gas you were already going to get. I go to a gas station right down the street from my house. I open up the app first. I claim my $0.25 per gallon off or whatever the special is for the day, and I get that money put into my GetUpside account after I fill up gas. And the best part is you can use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get an extra $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's up to $0.50 cash back on your first fill-up with GetUpside. There's no catch here at all. The cash goes right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card, whatever you want, and just use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Don't forget that to get that extra 25 cents per gallon to 50 cents back per gallon on your first tank. That's promo code touchdown with the get upside app. Okay, Croc, let's start with uh, the funny clip before we get into the serious conversation about who's best for this team to win football games in week 18, because this is essentially a playoff game for the San Francisco 49ers against the Rams on Sunday. This clip here is Mike Zimmer, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, asked about his rookie quarterback postgame, Kellen Mond, who did show up on the field against the Packers in a blowout for a couple plays. Then Sean Mannion came back in, I think, after that. It was really weird. And Zimmer, not happy already about getting blown out against the Packers and maybe probably worrying about his job and, and probably uh, talking to his agent right after he gets away from the podium here. But he was asked about his rookie, Kellen Mond. This was the exchange. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. <laughs> oh, man. Like, that was kind of – that's cold-blooded. That was like – That's kind of being an asshole. I want to report a murder because that can really crush this young man's confidence, his value to the team. Like – he doesn't even want to see this dude on the field because he's been so bad all year long that he's seen him in practice. Doesn't even want to see him. Like, I know he's a pissed off coach, but uh, that was, I was surprised that wasn't coach speak at all. Uh, I don't even know if Kellen Mond can recover from that. That, that was yikes. That he was being an asshole. He was, I mean, come on. like, I mean, like, nah, not necessarily. <laughs> like I see him in oh. practice. He sucks. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. You saw Sean Mannion, how bad that looked, and everyone's killing us for even having Sean Mannion, this guy who starts this game. Killing Mond is that much worse. Look, and this guy's a rookie. That's why it's unfortunate. Give give the guy some time. But from what I heard from some sources uh, around the Vikings is that, yeah, it hasn't looked good at all with Kellen Mond, and he couldn't even spit out the plays or come close to it in camp, and he, he was just nowhere near ready to play. So um, That's a big yeah. part of it. And – I, I have made this video on my YouTube channel uh, before the season about how Trey Lance was the most pro-ready quarterback. It, it was before the draft. But essentially what I was saying was kind of understanding some of the things that you have to 
learn going into the NFL, just commanding a huddle, spitting out play calls, getting to the line of scrimmage, you know, knowing the line assignments and things like that. Trey Taking Lance a snap did from that. under center. Like just, yeah. just taking a snap. Some of these guys never took a single snap from under center since high school or even in high school either. Oh, did it lose your sound, Croc? Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I got okay. for a second. A little funky there. Right. The, the next clip, and so basically that is just to, to say, you know, thank goodness the 49ers didn't draft a guy that they just don't want to have anywhere near the field at all. And it's that starting is, to feel oh, like that a little bit, right? I mean, yeah, like well, <laughs> when Trey Lance wasn't getting any reps in the game, and what was everybody saying? Even guys like Steve Young, like <laughs> what he's telling me is th this kid is just not ready to play. And that's what Zimmer, Zimmer, or Zimmerman, whatever Zimmer was saying. Zimmer, Coach yeah, Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, essentially that's what he's saying. And uh, and but imagine like if the 49ers started Nate Sudfeld this week instead of Trey Lance, right? Yeah. And then that, that was the response after the game. Like uh, imagine that. That's what Kellen Mond is going through. So rough rookie season for him. And who knows if we'll, he'll ever see the light of the day in Minnesota. <laughs> although I think it'll be a different coaching staff. So maybe the next staff there in Minnesota will like him, but. Uh, I guess maybe stock up for Kirk Cousins if uh, if that's how bad it looks when Kirk Cousins isn't in the game and a lot of people. I don't want think town in Minnesota. I don't think it's. I don't think that means it's stock up for Kirk Cousins. I think it just they're like, hey, we got to figure out this quarterback situation, and this is on them. They had an opportunity to be aggressive and move up and, and get Justin Fields. Now, I'm not saying Justin Fields would make everything better, but I think they'd be a little bit more optimistic about the future, right? Especially in that situation when you got Adam Thielen and and all those guys, they lean on the run game. Dalvin Cook, I, I think, I think Fields would have been solid in that type of situation. But remember, they 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 called up the the Panthers had that whole thing. Did you see it was like draft confidential, whatever it's called with the Panthers, so you can go into their war room and everything. It was really cool and insightful. The Vikings called to potentially trade up, but they didn't want to give up a certain, I don't know, it was something like that. And they were like, oh no, we're not going to do it. So you stand pat and you're not aggressive. And uh, now you don't even want to play the guy you drafted. Had opportunity though. I mean, look at Davis Mills. Maybe you could have drafted him second round. I, I don't know, but I feel like you, you miscalculated the current situation for sure. <laughs> and it, it's, it's sometimes easy to forget how these coaches are really old school and they hate rookies and they want, if you don't have a full command of the entire thing, they don't want to mess with you. So, uh, and, and then there's the dichotomy of the GM and the coach and who you liked and who the other guy liked. And you're like, here, I drafted you a quarterback. I hope you like it. And you know what it's like when you get a Christmas gift, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll never wear that shirt. And you put it away. Right. And that's probably what Zimmer is saying. It's like, and then someone asks you, Hey, what about that shirt you got for Christmas? Christmas? How come you don't want to wear that? And you're like, no, I'm gonna, yeah, I tried it on once. It's, it's not for me. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the vibe. And we've seen it with Kyle Shanahan, just reluctant to put Trey Lance in there, but he's got Jimmy Garoppolo starting. The, the, the Vikings are starting Sean Mannion, who was uh, on a different training camp roster over the rookie quarterback there. But uh, we got to move on here. Here is Kyle Shanahan after the game, much different tone following a win talking about uh, his rookie quarterback and then asked about Jimmy Garoppolo and what the status is on Jimmy's thumb when he'll start throwing and if he will play or if the rookie will play in week 18. Um, I mean, I don't know if he threw today. I, I didn't even ask. Just talking to him yesterday, I had a pretty good idea we, that we weren't going to even push it today. Um, I think he'll be able to do it this week. Um, still, that's just me giving you guys an honest guess. Um, 
you know, hopefully I'll have a better idea by Wednesday. He did throw yesterday. Um, no, he ended up not throwing yesterday. Yeah. I know you don't, you don't have to announce anything until the game, but given what you've seen from Trey, does he have a chance to be the starter next week, regardless of Jimmy's situation? I mean, if Jimmy's 100% healthy and could do everything, like, perfect like then i mean i would definitely go with jimmy i'm not just gonna throw a guy in after one game like this when jimmy's been doing it for us all year i think it's gonna be hard for jimmy to be 100 percent, which is how most people are right now at this time of year um but trey did a good job if jimmy can't go we won't hesitate at all um but if we feel jimmy can go and play confident um then jimmy will be out there what did that sound like to you, Kruk? Because he said, which I expected him to say, if Jimmy's 100%, he's going to play. Jimmy's not going to be 100%. So is he saying... He doesn't expect him. He's saying... Yeah, he said he doesn't expect Trey Lance is likely going to start. So does, is that what it sounded like to you, that Trey Lance was going to start? Or yeah. is this sort of um, Kyle Shanahan being coy, knowing it's going to be Trey Lance, but he doesn't want to tell the Rams that? Uh, you know, I, and I've talked about this, I, I feel like it's him being respectful to Jimmy Garoppolo and what... Jimmy has given to the team. So instead of just being like, hey, this guy had one good start. All right, Jimmy's time here is done. <laughs> you know, like, nah, man, like Jimmy has been good to us. He's been a, a pro. He's handled the situation the best way possible. We know we can win with him. I, I can't, I there's still some unknown with Trey Lance as for you know, way less unknown with Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's good or bad. No, like Jimmy's still the starting quarterback. If he's 100 percent healthy. He's the guy, but I don't expect him to be healthy. <laughs> so likely it's going to be Trey Lance. And if it is Trey Lance, I'm really confident with that. So he's covering all his bases there. But ultimately, I think it was more to be respectful of Jimmy Garoppolo and what he's meant to this team and the locker room. And I do hope, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit. I understand going with Jimmy G 100%, not 100% Jimmy G. You got to go Trey Lance because that's Trey Lance is better than bad thumb Jimmy that can't grab a football. Um, and, and we're I worried hope, about that too a little bit, right? Hope, Before the yeah, game, that like, press conference is going on as we were recording the podcast, and I hope it's not the case that uh, you know, a 75% Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter because I, that's not good for the 49ers. So it's either he's inactive and it's Trey, or he's 100% and he's playing, and it, it's very unlikely he's going to be 100%. Um, so Trey Lance against the Rams, maybe I don't know, we'll find the the week goes on and see if Jimmy actually gets a chance to practice and starts throwing because that'll throw a wrench in the works because if he starts practicing I think he's gonna play real Even quick remember playing. last year in the playoffs this same team that we're talking about the Rams they had went with another quarterback over Jared Goff Jared Goff I believe had a thumb injury remember yeah. that he had a thumb injury heading into the playoffs and I think he had missed a game before that and he was active in the playoff game, but came off the bench when the other quarterback got hurt. And do you think there's a scenario for something like that with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, where Trey is the starter, but Jimmy may not be 100%, but if needed in an emergency, he can throw the football. So he's the backup. Good enough to be the backup. You hope he doesn't have to play kind of thing. Well, what you're maybe what you're saying is, well, he's his, him with a hurt thumb isn't better than Trey Lance right now but it is better than whatever the hell we're going to get from nate sudfield 209 legend right yeah so injured jimmy still better than nate sudfield but not better than trey lance right. and trey lance might have bought that opportunity because if he fell on his face then you might want to throw out a 70 percent jimmy garoppolo anyway other than the rookie who, and that's not the case who i did see jimmy garoppolo and you know not trying to read into everything you did hear the people talking about him opening up uh you know bottles of water and not favoring his thumb 
I also just, you know, kind of paid attention. I saw somebody post a video and they didn't say anything about his thumb. They're just like, oh, look at Jimmy, you know, uh, hanging out with the fans, taking pictures. But I saw him shaking hands and stuff like that with his right hand. And it didn't uh -oh. look like he was favoring it or anything. I don't want to look too much into it. All right, guys, don't uh -oh. tweet me off. Kind of crazy stuff. But I did notice, like, you know, he had like a little wrap on his thumb. And he didn't look timid or anything to go in there, shake hands, take pictures and things like that. So that's that's positive if you are in the Jimmy Garoppolo camp. Okay, interesting. So, uh, yeah, we that that's all to say that we have no idea. We will find out later in the week, and we will keep you guys updated what's going on with this 49ers quarterback situation. Next, injury report, a couple of your Twitter questions. Bet Online has you covered this new year with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as foot yield, football mar marches to the NFL playoffs and the college bowl season. I had to alter this a little bit because uh, some of those bowl games have been played now. And uh, were, were you surprised at all, Crocky, with those bowl games? Quick answer. Yes or no. Were you surprised by those bowl games? No. Bama and Georgia? No, I was not either. Um, chippy, though. Uh, some, some chippy teams there, Cincinnati. They're, they're, I, was, I was rooting for Cincinnati. Uh, if you see some obvious teams like Bama, that you know are going to go out there and handle their business. You can find those lines and odds. At Bama's ben the underdog right now. Whoa, so bet well, online. Go. go to bet online right now. Bama's the underdog. And Saban, I view him like I view uh, uh, Belichick. You don't bet against him. So underdog, you take that money line as well. I'm pretty sure oh. bet online has that for you guys. Getting points with Bama. I'll take that all day. Bet online remains your number one spot. For all the sports action this season, not only pro football, not only college football, but you got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Head over to the website or mobile device and use promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That is promo code locked on at bet online where the game starts. COVID list is growing, Croc. Last week, it was the lone player, the lone punter, Mitch Wisnowski, that was on that list. And it turned out he was still punting for the 49ers on Sunday. I have a feeling that's the way it's going to go for uh, the, the names that are on the list, with the exception of Raheem Mostert, who I, I almost forget is still on the roster. I've sort of <laughs> mentally moved on from Raheem Mostert because I feel like he's going to hit the free agent market and end up a New York Jet or something like that um in the off season but uh he's still around the team and he is on the reserve covid list along with a couple of cornerbacks croc so getting thin again at corner maybe that plan we were talking about is not going to be allowed to come to fruition unless these guys are back and i think they will be back in five days which is the positive part about testing positive on a monday cornerback dante johnson and cornerback k1 williams and due to the new cdc outlines and the new rules in the NFL what I heard is that a lot of players are just getting tested uh, on Monday this week so they'll have the five days even if they test positive to be able to come back and play rather than getting a random test later in the week or something and then knocking them out for the football game so I think that's maybe why a bunch of players tested uh, for COVID on Monday so they could be back in five days and be ready to play so hopefully that is the case for Dante Johnson and Kwan Williams, and they will be back. But the 49ers could get some reinforcements back at corner sometime yeah. very soon. Uh, head coach Kyle Shanahan said that he's expecting to open the practice windows for cornerback Emmanuel Mosley 
safety Tavon Wilson and wide receiver right another player I forgot was on the 49ers wide receiver Muhammad Sanu this week as they worked back from injured reserve so uh that is that is promising I don't think maybe emergency style uh, Emmanuel Mosley can play but I think that the plan was that Mosley maybe maybe could be back week 18 but more likely next week if the 49ers are in the playoffs then we'll see Emmanuel Mosley back but who knows they may need him especially if Dante Johnson can't go but um who would have thought we would have to count on Dante Johnson to be the hero to help save the again, season again man I dude if when Emmanuel Mosley comes back I don't think they're going to move Ambry Thomas to the other side and I don't think they would really move Emmanuel Mosley to the other side either. So I, I almost think that against the Rams, if everybody was available, it'd be Mosley and Dante Johnson. Am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to play Emory Thomas. Emory Thomas did get dunked on. It got called back for holding. I forgot about that play. And he has been playing well, and things have been encouraging. Of course, I, I like the steps that he's taking at the near pick six. He did get dunked on in that game. Uh, down the right sideline that kind of just jump ball. So he still needs to continue working on, you know, that that at the catch point. You know what? The 49ers might need some more heroics from Dre Greenlaw, who's also expected to hit the practice field with uh, Maurice Hurst on Wednesday. So that is another. We didn't uh, talk about how Flanagan Fowles and Marcel Harris played, man. Those guys stepped up. Yeah. We didn't even, yeah. The fact that we didn't really talk about them, I think that's a good thing. Aside from obviously Marcel Harris's interception with the, the fumble that wasn't a fumble that four progress stopped and all that but uh good job good job by them for sure that's absolutely a good thing another thing we didn't really talk about was nick bosa and his help on the defensive line because there were a lot of uh, folks that were shooting out some questions to me on twitter about bosa is it time to worry about bosa hasn't had a sack in a couple weeks not going to break that niners sack record um and i'll just say he's got a lot of attention and it's up to the other guys to make team stopped doubling Nick Bosa so much and there was a nice little uh, combination of Arden Key and Abukam and Eric Armstead and DJ Jones on some plays but still not enough they need a little bit more consistent pressure from some other players although I've really liked what I've seen from Arden Key you know what I read hold on let me see if I can find this there was a tweet from uh here it is from Willie Anderson former Pro Bowl uh, lineman for the Bengals he said that he saw Arden Key at uh, Chuck Smith, who's a, a NFL trainer, at Chuck Smith's gym two years ago, and asked him why he doesn't use the moves that he works on with Chuck Smith. And Arden Key said that his defensive coordinator with the Raiders didn't allow him to use his best moves, essentially, which is insane. And they're basically they were holding him back, and. Um, this is a guy that was a huge high school recruit. He was big time at LSU. He came out of LSU, I think, a little bit on the light side. And maybe there was some off-field stuff. And he fell in the draft. And now he's, what, up 40 pounds from whatever his weight was. And he was only like 230-something or 240 coming out of LSU. Really slim and long. And now he's up to 280 from what I heard. Um, but really interesting. Like that's Sometimes the coaching can really get in the way. And just the combination of players and, and talent and coaching just doesn't work. And I, it really feels like it's that way with Arden Key. And before he gets expensive, the 49ers, I think, need to ink him to, uh, to an extension this offseason. Well, they had that opportunity to do the same thing with Kerry Hyder last year. And they elected yeah. to let him walk. So uh, I did see something with Ar uh, Arden Key. Six sacks since week nine. So he says, so as 
Nick Bosa has gotten a lot more uh, attention. Key has done a really, you know, solid job of stepping up, especially a guy who you kind of got on the low end with the contract details and all that. I would absolutely rather pay Key than Abukam. Abukam hasn't shown me that much. He's done a little bit more in the second half of the year, but even his sack he was credited for in this game, that was that was due to Armstead. Armstead Key. blew that thing up. Yeah. yeah. So um Arden Key's a, I think an important one. And DJ Jones is also a free agent. DJ Jones is a really solid defensive tackle for the Niners who can take on some double teams at time and, and stop against the run and also um, can penetrate and he shouldn't be too expensive either as an interior lineman. So he's another guy the 49ers should drop some money on in the off season. Um, Emmanuel Mosley as well. Isn't he going to be an unrestricted free agent? No, Niners have a ton of free agents, man. The, the Niners, they, so he was, he was a restricted free agent uh, this past off season. And then they, did something where they kind of like gave him this two-year contract for like it was like two years, ten million dollars, something like that. Same so thing it was they did like this um, with Raheem Mostert. Yeah, they kind they of did, did this like little, and, and I thought that was a good that was a good contract for for where he was and where they were. Where it was like, okay, you know, you kind of had a little bit more of a down year. Nobody really talking about it, but it was a little down, but. You know, hey, let's give you this and incentives. It basically turned it in. It was kind of a there wasn't much guaranteed money involved. So if he wasn't good this year, they could just let him go. But if he was good, hey, we got you for another year on the low, then we could potentially extend you after that. So they played their cards well with the Emmanuel Mosley situation. We'll get to a couple of questions here from Twitter. This one from Diamante. He says, I think an under-discussed part of the game. Sunday was the relative lack of holding calls on the offensive line. There were like five in Trey's first start. Yesterday, there was only one, and it was on a run play. Uh, and that was on Trent Williams, too, where they, they had called back a play, right, on on holding. Right. And I thought that, that was something I thought about. No, I didn't bring it up in the postgame pod, but that's a great point by Diamante, is there was even some whispers about how it was harder. They didn't know where the quarterback was going to be. It was so much harder to block for. Uh, and it might have been McGlinchey who didn't play in this game that said it. I can't remember who it was, but uh, talking about it's harder to block for Trey Lance, an athletic quarterback, because you don't know where they're going to be. And if he takes off out of the pocket, then your defender that you're blocking goes this way, and then they see that hold that you already have, but you have it in a good spot. You're not going to get called for, and they try to break away. Then you get called for holding. So um, that's a good call. The, the, they did a really good job protecting for the most part. Not the best defensive line, not the biggest bunch of competition i think compton did get beat on the very first pass play of the game around the corner and trey bailed out of the pocket on that play instead of stepping up but um the um the line did pretty good and they didn't have that same problem they had in week five blocking for an athletic quarterback right now much 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 improved in and i think there are a lot of people that i don't know if they were just using that as an excuse the fact that he's running i understand that it is a little bit more difficult when guys start to move around and you have a guy, then all of a sudden the D line runs that way and you had a hold of them. And all of a sudden you're, you're holding them. So, you know, I, I get it, but whatever it was, was it the more time that they had to kind of prepare for him going through it the first time in Arizona, maybe that helped, but no issues and no issues really with a guy like, uh, you know, Tom Compton. He's someone that people are like, oh, he's terrible. Get him out of there. And I haven't really heard his name called over the last few weeks so that's good as well that's the only time i really noticed he got beat bad was early in the game i think it was the very first play of the game maybe or the first pass play for trey lance he got beat around the corner um, oh yeah there was but, one where he got beat bad trey lance moved yeah the first pass play 
But that's where it looked a few weeks ago like the thing that would end the 49ers season is guys like Ambry Thomas and Tom Compton starting. And those two guys haven't been a problem the last couple of weeks. So that's a great side for the 49ers. Uh, their fill-ins at linebacker have been solid. Really good job by the depth players. D'Amico Ryans, man. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. Absolutely. I like it. It's funny because Tom Compton's weaknesses are the exact same as Mike McGlinchey's. You know, he's sort of a taller, linear guy. Gets beaten pass protection maybe too often, but he's better in the run game than against the pass. And he's just kind of like a, you know, a, a lighter version, a little smaller junior version of Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. He was he was really bad though for a stretch. So to see him, you know, just <laughs> in reps yeah. and see him get better. And I think you know we'll see that from Trey Lance, see it from Ambry Thomas, saw it from even a veteran in Tom Compton. Sometimes you just got to play through some stuff. And he was on an NFL roster for a reason. It turns out. Yeah. Let's finish up with this one and, and uh, finish up some of this cornerback talk. This is looking ahead a little bit from Mike. He says, listening to you guys on Locked On Forty Niners Rapid React talk about DBs. What about next year? Verrett and Mosley, Ambry Thomas and Nickel. What do you think? Uh, no, definitely not Ambry Thomas and Nickel. Thomas is outside. Question is, does Ambry Thomas start outside or is he the number three guy and do you bring Verrett back? Because Verrett should be cheap now, but can you even count on Verrett being anything at this point? Is he even going to want to try to play through another injury, another pretty devastating injury? I, I guess if you bring him back, it's like a low-risk, high-reward type thing. And even if you bring him back and he's not what you expect, at least Ambry Thomas now has a lot more experience and he will be better for it. So, you know, you can just bring back a, a solid cornerback room with Emmanuel Mosley, with D'Amador Lenore, who probably will play in the slot if they don't bring back Kawan Williams, which mm. I could see them still bringing him back as well. But one thing that's interesting is last year with Kawan Williams, Tart, and Verrett, they did let them all test free agency and see if there was something out there for them. So I don't know if they're going to rush to offer any of those guys any type of contracts or extensions or anything like that. Maybe they say, hey, we like our young guys. If y'all want to come back and either compete or be a depth piece because you just like the situation and you know the defense, come on back, and we'll run it back with a lot of these guys. But uh, I also could see them just – letting guys like Verrett walk entirely. And that's tough. Verrett, he's been a warrior, man. He's been a warrior throughout all these injuries, and, and he's been good when on the field. But you know, a little little bit older now, and and uh, but low risk, high reward. It's for sure Mosley on one side. I think ideally Ambry Thomas is number three corner with Dante Johnson, your number four. Dante Johnson for sure coming back again, right, Croc, as he always is. Um, I'd bring him back. Yeah, you got to bring him back because he can play a little nickel too. So if you go Lenore, then you have um, Dante Johnson that can play some nickel, that can play some outside. Uh, again, a solid depth piece. They've got to do something though. They've got to try to find a starter, whether that's a short-term free agent, whether it's Verrett, whether it's a, a high draft pick, something else that's substantial. Well, why can't Embry Thomas be that guy? He, he could be. And he has one more week to prove it. But you're going to roll into the season with Verrett and Thomas and be like, cool. Or, I mean, with Mosley and Thomas and be like, cool, we're good. Let's go. We're done. Well, I, think I think when you draft them and you draft somebody with that skill set and like they said, they understood there would be some ups and downs. I don't know if you draft someone or sign someone to play over him. Now, bring in somebody, a low-cost guy, uh, you know, like a 
another who, who Josh the Norman. Kansas City free, picked up Norman. Mike Hughes, right? Like a Mike Hughes or something, where it's like, okay, you're a free agent. We'll bring you in. You can compete for a spot with Ambry Thomas, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't draft someone like first round that I have to play over Ambry Thomas because I do think there's something there. I do think there is the ability for him to potentially be a starter. And if you believe that, then you have to believe in the power of development. I get it though. Sometimes when you don't spend a lot of draft capital on a person, you're quicker to just get rid of them. But I think he has shown that he can play in the NFL. Now, can he be a starter starter? We'll see, but I still wouldn't just draft someone to come in and automatically because you draft somebody first, second round, they have to play over Ambry Thomas in theory, or it's a waste to pick like what you have with Aaron Banks. Well, Aaron Banks is a wasted pick because he hasn't been good enough to play, not because he's so good that he's playing over Daniel Brunskill, who's could also be playing. You no, know? But, but what I mean is you drafted him, you you drafted him to start. He ain't he ain't starting. And there's not even a, a smidge of optimism that he eventually will start. Like that's not even in the air. Maybe again, I believe in development. But there's not even the signs. At least with Ambry Thomas, it's like, okay, took him a while to get on the field. Okay, a little, a little rough. Oh, we got to hide him. Oh, man, getting better. Get a little bit better. Okay. We'll, we'll see. And at least that's somewhat encouraging, more so than whatever we're getting out of Aaron, uh, Aaron Banks at, to this right. moment. He, he ain't playing. <laughs> he hasn't played. Then you have to think about, uh, you know, the injury factor in depth. And then Emmanuel Mosley, who's going to be going into the last year of his contract next year. So you got to develop guys. You got to keep it going and develop depth and develop future starters as well as current starters. So I, I still think that there's. I, I, I draft guys, maybe not as high as most 49er fans would want. But mm -hmm. I, I throw some resources at it. Third round, fourth round. It's still kind of goes to where it's like, okay, uh, you know, another Ambry Thomas, another Diamond Lenore where, okay, mm -hmm. depth piece, potentially maybe we strike gold, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I, a first or like a second round pick for a guy, a corner. He's going to have to play over one of these guys. And I, I don't know if I'm willing to go that route just yet. And the 49ers, I think, do have to go back to the edge, which is always a very expensive thing. I mean, you can't go out and sign a big-time corner and a big-time edge rusher. That's too expensive. Maje Sanders, go to Cincinnati. The draft. Maje Sanders, Cincinnati. I like him. I like him. Okay. They got a receiver too, don't they? Alec Pierce. Uh, yeah. Okay. Big white dude. Nice. Let's catch the catch guy can. Yeah. Desmond Ritter. They, they have about six seniors. They got six Desmond seniors Ritter playing better in the than, uh, Mond? Who is Ritter? Ritter better than Mond? It, as a it's more aesthetically pleasing watching him because <laughs> yeah. he's not as robotic, but right. is he, is he, I, I don't know if he's better. Actually, I, I lean more no. Oh. Okay, so that means oh, but, but it's hard to say because when you play against Alabama, sometimes it's but like if you just watched Kellerman play, it, the robotic part it was hard to get past that, and I was like, yeah, yeah it looks yeah. like Colin Kaepernick, but like without as big an arm and not as athletic, mm -hmm. but he he would make some throws and he would do some things and he competed. He he put some teams in the bind with with his arm. You ain't getting Desmond Ritter's not on. I don't think he's on that level. Kellen Mond looked like one of those uh, fitness models where they look the part, but then when you see them work out on the TV commercial, you're like, oh, I don't know if that guy's an athlete. That's what Kellen Mond <laughs> yeah. All 
All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, we're over time right now. Appreciate everybody for joining us here. We'll be back tomorrow with another Winky Wednesday. Thanks for all your questions. Keep those coming at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. We'll hit some of those questions tomorrow as well with Wink and all the latest going on with your San Francisco 49ers. Thanks for making us your first lesson. For your second listen, check out Eric Crocker on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You can check me out on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show daily right here on the network. Be back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.